Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Hello and welcome to Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. If you're joining us for the first time, Trail Mix is the short format episodes of our show. While our long format episodes explore one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time, Trail Mix allows us to dive deeper into things we didn't get to cover in our long format episodes. That's right. And this Trail Mix episode is all about pets in the parks. This is actually an episode that dovetails wonderfully with our New River Gorge episodes as we spent a great deal of time with pets and pet owners in the parks on both of our visits, and it definitely colored our experience in a different way. So what was our first experience with being introduced to pets in the park, would you say? Well, I feel like, you know, early on in our travel times, early on in our adventures Mm -hmm. in national parks, I feel like there were a lot of dogs and like a lot of me wanting to (laughs) pet every one of them and get to know every one of them intimately and just take all of them home with me. You know what I mean? Right. I do feel like though... The one that sticks out for me was our time on Deer Mountain in Rocky Mountain National Park Mm -hmm. because we ended up hiking with that group because we'd all lost the... Yeah, we lost um, the thread of the trail. We did. We we could not find the peak. Mm -hmm. And so we all... I believe one of them was named Mark. That's right. Right. And um, do go listen to that episode, Mm -hmm. everybody, because it it was very interesting and those people are awesome. It's been a minute. (laughs) It's been a minute. That's from season one. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. Well, I think that came out in 2019. But that was our That was the spring. All of those people we ended up hiking with had a lot of opinions about pets in the parks. Yeah. And like how best to... Well, I think Rocky Mountain is a park where it's like kind of frowned upon or frou-frou'd for sure. I don't think it's allowed at all there. There are most parks, as we'll find, do have some sort of pet um, allowances. But when it comes to being on the trails, it's definitely not the case for many of the parks. I feel like that experience definitely was like, oh, I guess, you know, pets aren't allowed at all. Because I don't think we we had looked into it at all on our own because neither of us are pet owners, nor had we thought about taking dogs into a park. But it was really interesting to feel that very strong opinion (laughs) about 
what it's like and whether or not they were be allowed not Mm-mm. in favor of no. pets and the reason this came up at all was because we did cross paths with someone who had was a leash dog on the trail with mm. a leash dog mm. and they were like Mm-mm, no 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 that yeah. dog should not be here they didn't say anything to the this person person but they were not happy about it no they jabbered with us about it after <laughs> <laughs> okay so what sort of experiences have we had since then I mean, other than what, you know, was our big experience in New River Gorge, I do feel like we've encountered pets. Specifically, I feel like in Acadia, um, we've run into dogs a decent amount in Acadia. There was that one dog after we had walked Ocean Path that was like, oh, that's like me as a dog. (laughs) Oh, right, right. I'm like, there I am. There I am in dog form. That's right. Um, And we, even when we were, I think, on Bernard Mountain or Beach Mountain, there was a dog up towards the top near um, the bathrooms that were up there. Um, Because I remember, like, petting that dog while you were um, indisposed. That's true. (laughs) That's true. So, yeah, I feel like we've seen, definitely seen pets in Acadia. And I'm trying to think of where else. We definitely ran into a dog that we talk about in our, um, oh my God, what episode was it that we met Oatmeal Cookie in Glacier? Oh, Glacier. It was, um, I think it was Hidden Lake. Hidden Lake. Yes. We met Oatmeal Cookie, which was this tiny little frou-frou dog. But that was a different sort of experience with the dog because the dog dog wasn't on on the trail, trail. only at the visitor center. So there are all different sorts of things when it comes to thinking about pets in the park. And that's what we're really going to kind of dive into and dissect in this episode. So let's think for a minute about pets in the parks. This episode will be specifically skewed towards dogs, but it's fairly obvious that some other pets pass through national parks too. From cats to parrots to tarantulas, people who are making a pit stop in a park on a cross-country drive or move may ultimately have more than just a carload of humans. But since dogs are the most likely to venture along the trails with their human companions, we will definitely be more canine-focused here. We want to think about this episode from several different lenses and what it means to have a pet along with you in the parks. From the leave no trace principles to hiking with your pet to camping with your pet to dog specific programs to wildlife, there is definitely a lot to cover. Let's first think about the seven leave no trace principles when it comes to adventuring with a pet. While all of these may not necessarily apply to pet companionship in the park, it never hurts to think of ways to minimize your impact. Those principles are plan ahead and prepare, travel and camp on dirt durable surfaces, dispose of waste properly, leave what you find, minimize campfire impacts, respect wildlife, and be considerate of others. While the minimization of campfire impacts isn't necessarily a pet issue, it definitely is an important rule to follow regardless of where you camp or trek. While you and I are not pet owners yet, except in our dreams, dreams. (laughs) let's discuss how these leave no trace principles did impact our planning and how we utilized them while on the trail and in some instances while camping too. Planning ahead and preparing is the first big principle. This seems pretty obvious, but clearly check that pets are allowed in the park that you plan on visiting and investigate what the rules are about their presence. While most national parks will allow the presence of pets, there are definitely limits to their range. In many parks, pets are pretty restricted to being leashed and only being in campground areas, parking lots, and roadways. It was definitely something we had to think about when we were planning our first trip to New River Gorge. It was a really present conversation topic with Brian and Tino 
who were totally willing to have family pets sit for the week if Shay, their beagle, wasn't allowed. Luckily for us, both New River Gorge and Shenandoah, which we also experienced on this trip in the spring of 2021, were pet-friendly parks. Some other national parks that also welcome pets in more inclusive ways include Acadia. We have seen a ton of dogs here. Congaree, Grand Canyon, Capitol Reef, Olympic, and Petrified Forest. We saw so many spiders in Congaree, <laughs> but unfortunately they were not pets. Mm-mm. Again, while many parks allow pets or dogs in the park, these parks have a little more range for pets while leashed, including on trails. That being said, the most important thing to do before planning to travel with your pet to a national park, state park, or national forest is to check if your pet is allowed and how much they are able to do. We really needed to scope out the trail guides when we were in the park to see what trails in both Shenandoah and New River Gorge were pet appropriate. This is something to be very conscientious of as there are difficult trails that pets should definitely not be on or are absolutely prohibited from. A part of planning ahead definitely allows you to know all of this before you go. When it comes to the second principle in regards to pets, travel and camping on durable surfaces, a lot of this speaks to the range of where pets are allowed. Many of the parks just allow pets on roadways, parking lots, and campsites. While there are very specific reasons for this in each park, much of the centers around safety for the pet and safety for the park and its wildlife. Think about some of the trails you have been on in national parks. How many of them are difficult for you that would be near impossible for your pet? Furthermore, your pet may encounter something unexpected that even if leashed may cause problems for you and your animal. How many times have we accidentally stumbled upon large wildlife? More than a fair share. More than a fair share. I know my mom's dog would have a field day with that and would probably yank my arm out of my socket if we saw an animal on the trail. Also remember, your pets can sometimes carry pests or unexpected travelers on them in their fur or burrowed in their skin that could prove problematic for the park and its ecosystem. The third principle, disposing of waste properly, is incredibly important when it comes to pets. Let's start with the obvious, poop. Just like humans, you have to pack out what you pack in, and sometimes that includes waste, especially if it's a dog who isn't pit toilet trained. Using poop bags and finding a proper place to dispose of them is paramount in the safety of the environment and the wildlife of the park. But food waste is also an important touch point when bringing a pet with you. This might relate more to camping and being set up in a specific place, but if for some reason you are carrying treats with you on a trail, which is probably a bad idea if you're in bear country especially, you want to make sure none of that food gets left behind. Leftover food that is not properly stored or disposed of poses a great risk to you and your pet and everyone around you. That food can attract wildlife, which over time can become accustomed to food, not of the wild, if careless folks don't do their part. Again, you don't really want a bear lumbering into your campsite or across your path while hiking if you can avoid it. While the principle of leaving what you find seems more like a human issue, dogs are prone to pick up things with their mouths and tout them about. Just make sure they don't take that thing from the park all the way home, as the parks are to remain preserved without any items taken. If you're in a national forest or a state park or state forest, check the guidelines there. But a good rule of thumb is to just leave nature be. Barring campfire safety as a pet-friendly worry, respecting wildlife is incredibly important as human visitors to a natural space. And while we do have self-control and know that wild animals are wild and not domesticated, 
Some of us don't know how to help ourselves and get too close, or in the worst cases, try to touch a wild animal. Now, while we love our pets, they lack the knowledge and the foresight to do the things that most humans do when it comes to wildlife, stay as far away as possible. Anyone who has had to walk a dog before, say their parents' 30-pound Jack Russell Terrier, knows that when a dog sees another dog, unless they are very well-trained and unless you have a very good control, you might find yourself pulled across the road. Animals, even domesticated animals, act on instinct. For dogs, I'd say most of the time, it's an excited curiosity that sends them toward another dog, even if they don't know how that other dog will react. Imagine that excited curiosity when a dog sees a mule deer, or a moose, or a bear. One of the most important things with respecting wildlife is maintaining a safe distance. When it comes to having a pet in the parks or on the trails, this can be achieved through leashing or keeping your distance. The final leave no trace principle is one of my favorite. Be considerate of others. This is a great little life lesson, but it's especially true in the parks. The outdoors are literally a space for everyone. And if you can't be considerate and kind to those around you in the outdoors, then maybe just stay home love that idea. Mm -hmm. When it comes to having a pet in the park, consideration is a lot of the above principles along with knowing that not everyone you come across is a dog or pet person. Some people have had traumatic experiences with dogs and are paralyzed by their presence. Being considerate of others with a pet means that even though that pet is part of your family, doesn't mean that their presence in the park or on a trail might not inconvenience, scare, or disturb those who expected to enjoy the outdoors with other humans and not four-legged creatures. Being a conscientious pet owner in the outdoors is hopefully the extension of your pet ownership practices in everyday life. Planning, picking up after your pet, and being considerate of others in the world are kind of basic tenets of owning an animal. The seven leave no trace principles are an excellent way to embrace wonderful outdoor space practices for you and your pet. Okay, so what do you think are some other things that we should consider when taking pets on a hiking trip or a camping trip? Definitely their level of um, stamina, probably. I think it's probably a really big thing that um, you really want to be considerate of for your animal um, to ensure that you're not overtaxing them when it comes to what's expected of them, especially if your animal, if your dog is very, very domesticated, is not like a super outdoor dog. I think that's a really big consideration to have. I think too, to add to that is that often most dogs really thrive on routine. And so putting them in the national park, like is a totally new experience. So like, there's no way that it won't come without some kind of stimulation, if not overstimulation. Like, I remember, like, I noticed Shay. Mm. We talked about how Shay really came alive on Big Branch Trail. Yeah. And that that was, like, a special moment for him. He kind of faced a fear, and then he sort of, like, you know, really came alive. Mm -hmm. Brian and Tino were able to go, oh, okay, we don't see this side of him all the time. We know this is going to exhaust him at the end of the day. Yeah. Or at the end of this trail. Yeah. He will be exhausted and done. Yeah. Right? So it was really good that they knew that. And uh, two, it was also like, had they not known that, you know, we could have ended up with, you know, if a dog gets too tired, I mean, that's just like recipe for like it being unhealthy. Yeah. Right? You could end up with an ill animal somehow. Sure. Because, you know, you've just, they've they've gone for too long outside. Mm -hmm. There is definitely a lot more to consider in bringing your pets into the outdoors beyond the seven leave no trace principles. One of the most important things is knowing your pet, their habits, their demeanor, ability, age, and how quickly they might tire. 
If your dog is a barker, this is so important, you probably won't make any friends at the campsite if every little noise sets them off. Just like you probably won't be made to feel too welcome if your dog is aggressive and can't get along with people and other dogs. A dog's age and their comfort level outdoors, including temperature, time of year, and duration of a trip, are other things to really factor in when considering bringing your pet along with you for camping or hiking trips. If you're camping with your pet in the summer, will they be comfortable in your tent? Do you have something to keep them cool or cool them off? If you're camping with them in the fall or winter, what kind of warmth are you able to provide in the tent? If you're lucky enough to camp in an RV or climate-controlled vehicle, then you you probably don't really need to worry about this too much, but it's still something to consider. Along with checking that your pet will be able to participate in your adventures while camping, and there aren't too many restrictions on their presence, something else to consider is how to best keep your pet safe. Along with ensuring your pet is up-to-date on all of vaccinations and flea and tick prescriptions and applications, ensuring your pet is well-tagged and ID'd in case something happens is pivotal. A visit to the vet and a checkup on licenses and ID tags is a great idea before embarking on outdoor adventures. The outdoors can be a dangerous place for a domesticated animal with pests and parasites. So up-to-date vaccines are definitely a must to not only ensure your pet always stays safe, but that you do as well. Ensuring your dog's collar always stays on helps to identify your dog should they slip loose, enabling them to eventually make their way back to you. I think another really important thing to consider when it comes to bringing your pets outdoors is not overdoing it. This was definitely the case when we were both with Brian and Tino and Shay and Brad Ryan and Evan Williams. Brian, Tino, and Brad knew that there was a definite stopping point for activity for their dogs on the days that they were hiking with us. Dogs aren't human, and even though they are sidekicks and we may feel like they can go go as long and as hard as we can, that is not the case. Also, dogs can't communicate like we can. We may know based on their habits and their tells when they're tired, overheated, or flat out exhausted, but it should never get to that point when you're on the trail or camping. When it comes to hiking, make sure to pick trails that are not only navigable and safe for your pet, but also ones that won't completely wreck them. If you're just starting to take your pet on camping or hiking trips, it might be a good idea to trail train them first, just like a human might start a trail or running regimen and build stamina over time. Same is true for a dog. While your dog might be young and spry, you can't just assume that they're ready for a five-mile day on a trail. Trails are so different from walking your dog on an asphalt surface and with elevation gain and loss. You could literally shock your dog in their first time out unless they've had some exposure first. Whether you're hiking or camping, it's important to think about the things your dog needs. Just like you pack a bag for yourself when you hike or camp, make sure to take extra consideration in what your dog might need. Along with bringing their food, potable water is incredibly important to consider and may mean a heavier car load or backpack. Collapsible dog bowls, blankets, a dog coat depending on the time of year, safety lights, and a leash and stake to make sure that your dog can safely remain within the perimeter are all things to also consider. You know, speaking about dogs, and we've obviously touched a little on this in our episodes on New River Gorge and a little here, how do you feel like having dogs with us enhanced our experience? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed both of the dogs that were with us, right? Mm -hmm. Shay is obviously a wonderful soul. So is Evan Williams. And Evan was a little more, I'd say, like, hyperactive. Yeah. Than Shay was. He was younger, too. Yeah, Yeah. He was enormous. Yeah. But he was younger and still, you know, very sort of had that young energy. It felt a little bit like sort of bringing the whole family on a little adventure. 
Yeah. So I enjoyed that that part of it. Yeah. And yeah, sort of just seeing what the dogs ended up being curious about. Yeah. I mean, I think having had the experience of hiking with just Brian and Tino and then hiking with Brian and Tino and Shay, I think it also was interesting to see the pet owners themselves and how they changed when their dog was in the mix. That's you know? true. Yeah. Um, even with Brad, I feel like we had some time without Evan Williams and then with him. And it was interesting to see, you know, with Evan, like we all had to. And even with Shay, you and I took turns like holding the leash oh, and yeah. like guiding him um, or guiding them. Um, so that was really interesting um, just in like how much Evan pulled. And he is a giant schnauzer. So he's big, like Standing yeah. up, he's as tall as me, probably <laughs> tall oh, yeah. as you. So, you know, I think that that was interesting just because when we're on a trail, we just see it through our eyes and dogs, there's so much sensory stuff for them, you yes. know? So it's it's interesting to be able to see how they're experiencing it through their eyes and through their senses. Um, do you think there were any drawbacks to having pets with us? Well, I think it was like quite a bit of like, like we had to be really conscious of planning and like knowing that okay if we're doing this trail with a dog then at the end of it we may not be able to do another trail this the dog may only be able to do one right the only drawback i would say was the removal of flexibility yeah right like we couldn't really go like oh let's sort of add another loop to this or like oh we saw this on the way and let's stop there on the way out you know like couldn't really do any of that i don't feel like we missed anything um, it just was a different way to plan. Yeah, I think so too. The sources for today's trail mix include the National Park Service. The article, Eight Dog-Friendly National Parks by Sarah Dunsing from the National Parks Conservation Association. And the article, Hiking or Camping with Your Dog from REI Expert Advice. And now let's end this episode like we end many of our episodes with some Jeopardy-style trivia. All right. All right, Mike, are you ready to play this? Yep. It's called... Can you guess? What do you think it could be? Pets in the Parks. How original. <laughs> Pets in the Parks. Groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's um, exactly what it's called. <laughs> it's called Dogs in Film. Mm. In this, you are going to have to I name... didn't realize you starred in so many films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, girl. You are coming for me, and I did not send for you. <laughs> the wigs Ooh, will be cut up. They will be cut up. Okay, so in this category, you will either have to name a dog, title of a film, or a character connected to a dog. Okay. Um, in some kind of film. Okay. Okay. Great. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. For one hundred. This Charles Grodin Bonnie Hunt series of films features a St. Bernard and later group of St. Bernards who use their instincts to solve crime. Mm. <laughs> who is Sherlock Bones? <laughs> no, I know it's Beethoven. <laughs> that was the mm-hmm. great name for a um, a dog uh, mystery solving film series. Though. I mean, it also could be another type of film series too. <laughs> well, certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Yep. Okay. For 200. Mm -hmm. In this film from 1993, Chance, Sassy, and Shadow must venture across the Sierra Nevada mountains in order to make their way home and find their family. Um, 
This is the film. This is a trauma film. What I was literally about to say. What is trauma? What is trauma? It's trauma. Is, this is a tra. This is a trauma film. A trauma film. Far from home. No, it's not far from home. No. Oh, what the hell is the name of it? It's um. Oh my gosh, I know it because it like scarred me as a child. Yeah. Michael J. Fox was the one voice. Mm-hmm. I forget who that moment Sassy when the cat. Uh, Sally Field. Oh, it was Sally Field, yeah. When Chance and Sassy came out of the forest, Ugh. and then you didn't think that Shadow Ugh. was going to make it, and then he just, like, Ugh. he just came out. That is a moment and to like, just weep. And, like, the young boy who who was, who's, was his yeah. was his caretaker yeah. of the family was just, like, devastated, <sighs> thinking that he wasn't going to make it. And that then was... he came out, and he just, like stumbled his way across the field. Oh, like just tears. The waterworks. Well done. <laughs> well done. The waterworks. Why am I forgetting the name of this film? Because it traumatized me. Mm-hmm. I blocked it out. I hope that everybody at home is guessing it. It is what is homeward. Homeward bound. bound. Not far away home. Far from home. Far away home. Far okay. <laughs> Far away home. Far away home. What is, what is the Martian? Far away home. <laughs> Okay, are you what ready? What is K-Pax? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. For 300. Mm-hmm. Yes, Anel, I pray, is uttered by this character who could be a foil for Mike Ryan himself in mm-hmm. real life mm-hmm. and whose dog, Red, drags her all over Chickapin Parish, Louisiana, during the events of this film. What is Steel Magnolias? That is right. Mm-hmm. And the character? Is Weeza. <laughs> That's right. If you ever want to know more about... Uh, mine and Mike's relationship dynamic. It is Weezer and Clary. Clary. Mm-hmm. And I am Clary because mm-hmm. I would buy the radio station. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. Mm-hmm. I host the radio show now. Okay, for 400. Oh, R.I.P. Olympia. I know. For 400. Mm-hmm. F.O.X. Mm-hmm. This name ends up being spelled out a number of times in this Nora Ephron romantic comedy featuring Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks as Joe Fox, who has a red golden retriever named this. Oh. His name is Shop Girl. <laughs> it is not Shop Girl. That is Meg Ryan's screen name. AOL, AOL screen, screen name in You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. No, do you know the name of his dog? What is Boomer? Not Boomer, but it does start with a B. What is Banks? No. What is Brinkley? Brinkley. Dustin Brinkley Ballard. (laughs) (laughs) No, my middle name is Barkley. Barkley. Like a dog. Okay, and for 500. Mm -hmm. Bork. For 500. The girls need new boogie boards for spring break. The twins also need flip-flops. And while you're out orders Miranda Priestley to Andy in The Devil Wears Prada to pick up her dog that goes by this name. Oh, God. Jackie. It's not Jackie. Until you... Until Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And while you're out, pick up Patricia. Patricia. The dog's name is Patricia. Mm -hmm. I do love dogs with people names. People names.
This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. And we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on the show, visit our website, Gaze at the National Parks.com. That's Gaze G A Z E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Sklios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. Thank you.